All right. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. I'm your host, Adam Smith, with Just the Tips Coaching, and pretty much, as always, is my co-host, our marketing director, one of our other coaches, Yogi Somier, all-around superhuman, Jen Weybor-Hart. Hi, Jen. Hi, Ben. I'm good. How are we, you? Uh, good. It seems like it's been a minute. We didn't do an episode last week. It's true. And that sounds weird. I didn't see you in the office last week, holiday week, although yeah, uh, yeah, it wasn't really much of a holiday week for me no. or the one no. before. Um, yeah, we've had an interesting run, but nonetheless, we do have a really cool guest for you guys, a good friend of ours, someone we've known a long, long while, in fact, pretty much for the entirety of his mortgage career, which is getting on a long time now. God, I'm old. Jen, you're not getting older. We're getting older. Yeah. All right. But welcome back to the show, Andrew Katie. Andrew, what's up, man? Nothing. Living and loving, brother. Happy to be back. Um, Gosh, what's it been? Almost a year since we've done this? You know, it doesn't feel like it, though. Although I know you and I had a recent conversation, a long telephone conversation. Uh, We uh, had a colleague whose brother had passed away unexpectedly, and we had a long chat about that and some of the other people that kind of circumnavigate that particular part of our world. And I don't know if that's where it's registering with me that I get to talk to you all the time. But yeah, we definitely have uh, not had you on the show for a minute. Uh, My guess would be that some of it, and this is probably even worth discussing for our audience's purposes, I'm guessing that some of it is that your social media presence is pretty decent. And so maybe it's just that we get to see more of your ugly mug than we're used to. And certainly with somebody who lives 2,000 miles away in general, and that could be it. I don't know, but I really feel like it hasn't been that long since I've seen her talk to you, and it probably has. Um, But yeah, nonetheless, welcome back to the show. Yeah, I'm happy to be here, man. Yeah. Um, super, super pumped. The industry is all sorts of fun right now. It's all sorts um, of crazy, but it is entertaining. <laughs> it, it's very entertaining. Um, you know, for me, it's it's all about just really maintaining my focus. Um, I, it's so easy in this market right now to let negativity creep in, to let the, the pressures of the industry just creep in. And I, I see it happening all the time. I'm part of so many Facebook groups. And... I've just refused to let the negativity in. Like, like there is a silver lining in everything. And so I'm going to find that silver lining and I'm going to ride that horse until that horse dies and I'll find another silver lining. Like, there's enough good to go around. We got to focus on it. There is enough good to go around. And I, I don't know where we necessarily describe it or if we even really talk about it regularly. But attitude is so important. And in life and in business and dealing with clients and colleagues and friends and family and so on and so forth. And I think that part of the problem we're experiencing is that there's an awful lot of negativity around the industry. It is. And which is crazy to me. Um, Well, Okay, I, I get it. I can understand it, even if I can't condone it. But I think it even goes a step beyond that, where we're seeing people that have 
a bad attitude to put it in simple terms that are, you know, engulfed by that negativity actually almost embrace it, spend time with it, nurture it. They're actually nurturing the fucking negativity, which is crazy to me because if you have the time to spend to coax and to nurture and to expound something like that, well, you probably have time to do the things that would prevent you from having negativity in your life, your business, so on and so forth. It just seems like such a horrible time spent to me. Um, I don't oh, get it. There's no, you, you, you nailed it right there. Like you, you nailed it. It's not just that they're, they finding, they're finding negativity. They're actually cultivating it. And, cultivating and they're, they're, it. Right. They're, they're reveling in the fact of the negativity. And here's the reality, you know, a, a mediocre loan officer today is still going to make $75,000 this year. A mediocre loan officer, a great loan officer is going to make 200, 300, 350, $400,000 this year. Yeah. You're, you're still making like one of the highest paid industries you can be in. It's just not 2021 anymore. So you actually have to work hard and you actually got to grind and you got to dig deep. You and I'm so work. sorry if that offends you that you have to work. That you have to work. Nowadays. That's so offensive. Like, How dare yeah, you suggest I, I work? <laughs> I know. Like 2021 spoiled us. Like, like it spoiled the whole industry and the real estate industry. Everybody felt like they were, we deserved our own HGTV show and we were rock stars. And all, no, we were just in a really, really good season. And well, now the season is back to normality where you're making really, really good money for your You're working for it. You are. Yeah. I'm not I, I'm not even sure that we're getting paid commensurate with the amount of work that has to go in today. And I've, you know, taken a quarter century sample of it now. So I've got a decent grip on it, but I don't mind it. The two things that I really do mind are with the people that thought it was always going to be like 21, because that mentality is just scary to me. I mean, I understand that that's human nature and we don't think something could happen until it's actually happening like a shift in your industry, whatever industry you're in. That one really bothers me. The other piece of it is that people aren't embracing what's actually going on now because yes, 20 and 21 were very lucrative for people in mortgages and in real estate, but you may as well have given me a headset and put me at the fucking drive-thru and taught me to say, would you like fries with that? Because it was the same order all over, just over and over and over. It was this boring and redundant and vanilla couple of years. It was. Now we're doing things that are creative and we get to put our skills to use. And nobody's in my office is working 60 hours a week and ready to kill each other or me in particular. So I really think I prefer what went on in 23 to 20 and 21. 22, granted, there's an adjustment period. And while I feel we pivoted very quickly, I always will kick myself that it could have been sooner. That, you know, you should have made adjustments sooner, those kinds of things. But I I kind of like where we're at right now. And of course, the mass exodus of people out of uh, the mortgage industry, uh, we don't really talk about it as much as we do in real estate because we already know that 80% of the real estate agents fail in two years, 85%. That number is probably skewed over considering the most recent years. But we don't really talk about it much in the mortgage space. But, you know, we've lost half of the licensed yeah. mortgage people. We're down to under 100,000 licensed in the country. I mean, these kinds of things. So there's always been, and this is basically the third cycle I've seen like this in my career, where there's 
a, a smaller pie, but we're getting bigger pieces. Right. And like, like for the Debbie Downers out there, I, I just don't get it. I was up at UWM. Um, when was it? About a month ago. And they were saying on the stage, like UWM, the month prior had closed $9 billion in mortgages in a month. In a month. Like, like 42,500 loans. And I'm like, don't sit here and tell me there's not business out there. Like, like right. we look at we, we look at existing home sales. Like, like last month, what was it? Four point zero four million existing homes sold last month. Sixty eight percent of which had a mortgage written on it. So, roughly somewhere in the neighborhood of three million mortgages written last month. Like, like just on residential purchase mortgages. Yeah, Resale. existing, existing. This is a new construction, even or commercial, or refinances, or reverses, or he. I mean, there is so much business to be had that. Yeah, it, agreed. Yeah, so, so I mean, the business is out there. We just, you're dead right. We have to be more creative. Yep. And what I think what we're seeing in the industry right now, the loudest complainers, the the people that that are embracing the negativity. It's honestly, I think it's because they don't have the skills to be creative. They got in in 2020, 2019, a lot of them. And it was it was easy. Like you said, it was it was do you want fries with that type of of mortgages? Like, I, how easy is it to do an Earl or a streamline? Like, yeah. if that's what if that's what your impression of the mortgage industry is, I could see why you would complain about this industry now, because, yes, you got to actually have some skill and show that skill and really get creative to get the current pool of buyers financing. It's not an easy road right now. But it's a challenging road, and who doesn't love a challenge? Well, I think we're talking about the difference between people that treat it like a job and people that treat it like a career. Sure, fair, right? Because yeah, your career is a mindset. You're thinking about it. We, <laughs> I know this sounds crazy to all of you that aren't in the mortgage space, aren't in the real estate space. Those of you that have a job where you punch a clock, you go in, you go out, you actually get to leave work at work when you go home. No idea what the hell that's like, but I'm sure it's pleasant. But I have mortgage dreams. I, I will actually dream about scenarios and things that need to be dealt with and resolved. And I think that kind of mentality where it's a career, maybe it's just all these decades of doing it, is where it comes from. I really want to solve problems. Yes. And the people that are in it as a job, want to solve their problems in essence a paycheck. no that, that's a, that's a good way to put it you're if it's a job they're essentially looking to solve their problem yeah they not, want to pay their not, bills not the consumers yeah not the right. consumer's problem and and i think well, it's, it's yeah and I mean, it's bigger than that for you and it's bigger than that for me because it's not just the consumer obviously that's a big piece of it but your team is way the hell up on your priority list. You want to make sure that you're doing right by the other loan originators, the LOAs, the processors. Even it trickles down to underwriters and account executives and on and on, because as a loan originator, you know full well that if I'm not doing my job properly, nobody has a job. Oh, you're dead right. It's to the point for me, you know, I've grown my team extensively this year. Um, you know, I, I, I really started from scratch on January 1st when I moved over from the retail to the broker side. So it was just me and one other loan officer. Um, you know, last year had a really big team, closed a bunch of business in 22 and then restarted this year. But I managed to add 22, 23 people to, to the team in the last 10 months. 
and my entire focus now is the team and the AEs and the relationships uh, to the point where I'm not even originating individual business anymore because my focus is is on the growth and the really the culture more than growth. Growth will happen naturally, but my primary focus every day, what I live, sleep, dream about is how to create the ideal culture on, on our team so we don't end up with a high attrition rate. Like, I, I don't want to be the guy that just throws, you know, hey, come join the team. It's all this. And then it and then it's not what it, what I said it was for me. You know, my focus is on creating a experience within within a team. That's funny, because obviously Jen and I are huge on company culture. It's one of the things we really focus on, not just internally, but the companies that we work with. And certainly true for Jen, because she will tell companies basically to go to hell because of their culture. And Jen, remind me, your education is an MBA with an emphasis in corporate... Social responsibility. Social responsibility. Okay. So if that doesn't speak volumes about company culture, but it's funny because years ago, I was having a internal company culture issue. And coincidentally, I was hanging out with a couple of our nearest and dearest, actually all three of us, some of our nearest and dearest, or at least they used to be at the time. I'm not going to drop any names. And I'm having a conversation poolside at the Bellagio at a UWM party following Fuse about this company culture issue I'm having. And of course, these people told me exactly what I knew, but needed it from an outside source in order to go home and deal with the issue that we were having. Um, and yeah, I think that it's, such a big deal. We talk about it a lot in our team structure, how we look for people, how we seek out people that we want to work with, how we conduct the interview process, the fact that we don't really give a shit about resumes anymore, that we look at personality profiles, that we really have almost given up on DISC and focusing on Enneagram because we want to know how people are going to behave in different situations under pressure, those kinds of things. And an interview in my office is the entire team sitting around the table with some pizzas shooting the shit. Can we all Agreed. get together? Can we all hang out? Can we all tolerate each other for 30, 40, 50 hours a week, whatever the case may be, because it's family. And we joke about it all the time. But yeah, the people in my office probably know more about me than anybody. They certainly spend the most time with me than anybody. Again, 30, 40, 50 hours a week is a big number. So yeah, I think company culture is really, really one of the biggest pieces of the puzzle. And you had said that the growth is occurring. But I think what's actually going on is more of a magnetic operation here. If you actually have a great company culture, people gravitate towards you. I, people, I would agree with that. Yeah, people 100%. who want that kind of work experience, people who want to get up every day and be jazzed to go to the office, that yeah, kind and, of thing. And and we're all remote, so it, it makes it a little more difficult because our team is spread out across the entire state, so we're all remote. But no, you're dead right. Like 80% or more of the people who've joined the team this year have reached out to me. I haven't chased them down. They've reached out and was like, hey, I'd like to get more information. And for me, culture culture has to be everything. Like, like what are we actually building here? You're dead right. I'm, I'm going to spend more time with my work family than my real family just by, just by statistical numbers. Like, yeah. 
that's just how that's going to be. And my my personal like philosophy is I don't want to hire anyone that I don't want to hang out with on the weekend and get a beer with after work. If you don't fit that mold, then it's best we don't work together. I don't care if you're a, a loan originator doing doing $200 million a year and you desperately want to work with me. If you have an ego or if you're you're not the person that fits the mold of what I'm building, I find somewhere else to call your home. I'm sorry. I would love the production, but I'm not willing to compromise values for production. Yeah, I think that there's some truth to that. And I again, I'm not completely anti-ego. I don't want I don't want somebody to be egomaniacal. I think that that's an important piece of the puzzle. And I think that that actually transcends the people that are on my team, the people that I would hire so on and so forth. Um and now I think when we're talking about just relationships in general, particularly when it's work related, uh employees, employer referral partners. I think that's a big one. I think the key to all of this has to be that relationship piece. And I feel the exact same way about real estate agents and attorneys and financial planners, whatever the case may be. Would I want to go sit at a hockey game with you? Would I want you to have, have you in my home for dinner? Would I want to do these things? And I don't know, maybe some of it's just how long I've been doing this. Some of it's that I'm getting old as fuck and I only have so much time left and I want to make sure that I'm doing what I can to carve out the inorganic drama. Life has plenty of its own, you know, but I think that developing those relationships with your team, with your referral partners, with your colleagues, with your clients on and on to make sure that you're really only working with people that you would have an actual relationship with is an important piece of the puzzle. It's, it's the biggest piece of the puzzle, in my opinion. Otherwise, what are we doing this for? Like, I don't yeah. want to work every day and be miserable because I'm working with a bunch of assholes. Like, well, like what am I doing this for? Yeah, if like, you want to do that, sure. go punch a clock. Right, go punch Leave a clock. work at work when you're done. Yeah, and, and the reality is, is, you know, when I, because I used to be kind of that, call myself the mortgage whore at one point. Like I would do business for anybody with anybody. Like I didn't care. But the reality is, is I made my life very, very hard. And when I started getting selective on the relationships I wanted, my business actually blew up because people want to work with like-minded people. And the reality was, is that the people that, I, that were, didn't match my vibe that I was doing business with, were, they were soaking so much of my time and my energy dealing with it and the drama they would bring and this and that. When I started firing agents I was working with because I didn't like who they were was when I saw my business double in a 24-month window or a 12-month window was when I started literally picking five agents and saying, I don't ever want to work with you again because of how much drama you bring and how annoying you are and, and this and that. That's when my business blew up because I opened enough spot to actually bring a lot of really good people in. It's true. It's absolutely true. There are plenty of people out there that, and don't get me wrong, for those of you that are real estate agents, and I know that that's probably the biggest piece of our uh, listenership and our subscriber list, so on and so forth. This isn't anything about real estate agents. This is about no. human condition, how we behave. And there are a lot that, are egomaniacs. There are a lot that are bullies. Let's get right down to it. There are a bunch of people that are going to, 
Now, there's one in recent memory that really strikes a chord in this particular conversation. And she was actually the only problem in the transaction. Everybody else involved, they were fantastic. The amount of work and additional work and drama that she created for us to have to clean up, fires she lit that we would have to put out, was more than I would have expected and more than I'm willing to tolerate. And I just won't work with her anymore. It's it's just not what's the the, the colloquialism. The juice ain't worth the squeeze. No, I, I agreed. And and by by freeing up that, you opened up enough time to have five or six really strong relationships. Where oh, absolutely. Like, like I remember one of the real estate agents, I I literally called them and said, I, I think this is our last transaction together. I don't I don't feel like it's good that we work together in the future. On one transaction, inbound emails from a real estate agent on one transaction was over 300. Wow. On a transaction. Now, this was a sub 30-day closing. Right. Conventional, <laughs> I'm thinking, are you sending 10 emails a day? <laughs> but 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 it was it was everything. And it was like every email had to have the last word. Like, hey, we're going to get this handled. When are you going to get it handled? I'll get it handled by the end of the day. Please email me as soon as it's handled. I'll go ahead and do that. 5 p.m. I haven't got an email yet. Has it been handled? <laughs> like, it, it by, by ending a relationship like that, you just open the door to build more sustainable relationships. Like, like it's the same thing in relationships in life everybody's had that one friend that was just a mental and physical drain on you. And at some point it's not worth, that's not a friendship. That's just not. And when you can separate that out of your life, it's truly feels like you've, you've cut out a cancer and it, it, cause negativity and negative energy just spreads like a cancer. And you, you find such freedom in cutting out bad relationships. I mean, I cut out one individual relationship that was 60% of my business at one point. I was doing 40 transactions, purchase transactions a month with one real estate group. And I decided that I'd had enough. I'd had enough 11 p.m. on Sunday night rants. And I was just done with it. I didn't care if my business dropped by 60%. It was time for me to actually gain my life back. And it was the best decision I ever made. So, and obviously, I, I want everybody to understand that this is, we're, we're kind of shaving down to the bone for some specific kinds of actionable items, some activities that are going to change this for us. We're carving out inorganic drama and you should. Life has plenty of organic drama that you're going to have to deal with. You want to um, be in this business and you want to deal with agents and borrowers and employees and lenders and title companies and realtors and on and on. You're, you're, you're a parent, you're a spouse. I mean, life has enough organic drama. So if we're going to take these kinds of steps to do it. We're going to eliminate working with the people that generate more drama than is necessary, more headache than is necessary, more heartache than is necessary when we're really talking about relationships. There's a, a bigger picture here that we're not really getting it. And if, for those of you that haven't really been paying attention to Andrew through the course of his mortgage career and don't really know some of his history were good friends. Um, so I've got a bit more insight than a lot of you will um, <laughs> as far as where Andrew has come from. But 
there's a result in all of this that we're not discussing, which is your referral partners are going to be people you like and want to work with and want to help them put their kids through college. And as a result, because they're going to do the same kind of thing, they're going to have the same kind of mental capacity, the people they refer to you, you're going to like and want to work with and want to see them have future financial success. And the people that you're attracting organically to your business are going to be people that you like and want to work with and on and on. And it's not just about carving that out or taking these actionable steps or even focusing on your company culture to make sure that you're not surrounded in negativity and certainly that you're not perpetuating the negativity. But these kinds of items, uh, I would you know refer to it more as these you know negligible little adjustments and how you do everything all the time, every day, is actually going to result and you loving all of this again, your business, your workload, your clients, your referral partners, on and on. The end result, these negligible little changes that add up to really big changes are going to have such a deep impact in how you view your career that I can't even verbalize. There's really no it's, way it's, to it's talk the difference. About. It's the difference of loving your career or putting up with your career. Like, like that, that, that's the way I would put it. And, and I don't want real estate agents watching this to think that we're dogging the real estate industry. It's, it's God, no, no. not at all. Like I live and breathe real estate agents. I just want to work with people that consider me a partner and treat me like a partner, not a vendor. And that's probably the simplest boil it down to nuts and bolts way to say it. Like this is a partnership. 90% of real estate transactions need the money. So let's partner together yeah. and make this thing happen. We need the real estate agent for a ton of things along the transaction. We need each other. And if we can work together as partners, that's that's how the business should be. The moment I begin to feel like I'm just some vendor, then I don't think we're the right fit. Yeah, I would agree. And I do think that shaping those relationships is in our industry, one of those atomic habits, right? And if you guys haven't read that or you have, and it's been a minute, go back and reread it because how you're doing this is one of those little habits that's going to add up into big changes. But when Jen and I are working on our referral partner modules with our coaching clients, we really want to drive home the fact that a referral partner relationship has to be that. It has to be a relationship. Yeah. That's where we need to focus. I mean, I, how many LOs are still struggling out there right now by picking up the fucking phone and saying, you want to have coffee this week? Can I buy you a cup of coffee? Let's let's have coffee. Um, I know they're still doing it in the core. Although for all of you, yeah. I gather that they changed it from like Monday to Tuesday in the core practice. So when you're now getting 60 calls from potential referral partners or people who want you as referral partners, and it doesn't seem like we're doing it on Mondays anymore. I do think they change the day of the week that they are asking their people to do that. But yeah, yeah. it's on that same topic. Uh, so we have a sales meeting with our with our team every two weeks. Uh, we get the whole team together and we try to bring in a guest speaker and and we like to sit around and 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 pick the brain of whether it be a credit repair someone so last week we had on uh, a local real estate broker she's got 164 agents in her brokerage and she started her brokerage in 2020 
So she is an absolute monster. Built a hundred, almost 170 agents in two and a half years. Um, and and I asked her, like, you know, what is working right now from a loan officer's perspective, prospecting? And she said, "You want to know the most appreciated thing that I've gotten so far is I had a loan officer text me and say, "Hey, I really would like to take you to coffee." but I understand how busy you are and I don't want to waste 20 minutes of your day. So here's a link for a $5 Starbucks gift card. Let me know if you ever need any help on anything. And she was like, that caught my attention more than all of the spam. And she said, by the way, don't send me market update emails on Fridays. Oh, God. She said, if you want to send me one, send it Monday morning at 6 a.m. She said, I get 30, 40, 50 every Friday afternoon. Don't send them. Who is telling people to do this? Oh, my God. All right. It's Boys hilarious. and girls, I got some news for you. One, yes, they're doing this en masse. Please, for the love of God, stop harassing people. <laughs> and two, I know that this is really going to stab a few things, uh, but uh, mortgages are fucking boring, people. This is Nobody not a sexy about. topic. Nobody cares about the market update. Nobody wants to know what, no real estate agent wants to know what rates did today. They don't care. Not their job. That's your job. You're the one studying the MBS. You're the one looking at the financial data. Do your job. There's no reason for you to vomit your job on people who don't need to know your job. Please stop doing it. I think that's a big one. Um, but Andrew, I would say of all the things that we've talked about today, the biggest one that struck a chord with me is the negativity. I've even seen people kind of piggybacking on it. I've seen a lot of promotion uh, for different tools and events and so on and so forth about the fact that this is going to be the worst winter ever in mortgage and real estate. And if I can instill that bit of panic in you so that you'll give me money, I'm going to do it. It's so ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I, I, just, just, just stop already. Yes. Stop. This is not the best mortgage market we've ever been in. Get yeah, over pretty it. pretty good. Pull your big boy pants up and go get some work done. Oh, like, you have to work again with that. You keep telling people man. they have to work. Shocking. Yeah. Right, like, we're never like, having we, you back on this show. Forget God, it. <laughs> I, I, it. It's just not hard, guys. Like you actually got to put some work in, do a little effort, get creative. Like, like I loved that little thing that broker said to me, like, like that's a cool way to get the attention of a real estate agent right now. Hey, I know you're stupid busy trying to prospect just like I am. I don't want to waste 30 minutes of your day buying coffee for you. Here's a $5 Starbucks gift card. My team and I are available. Keep it simple, stupid. Like just go out and be a real person. People want authenticity. They don't want fake. They don't want you following the core program, which to me is rotten, just like a rotten core. It's just <sighs> rotten all the way through. It's outdated. It's antiquated. It, it doesn't work the way it, it used to. So go out there and cut the negativity. I see loan officers doing videos. Like you're investing your time and energy into a video to be negative. And like, like what intentionally the fuck? and repelling people by doing it. It's awesome. Like, like no, if you're going to invest your time and energy into a video, uh, it's not easy to talk about really silver lining, good, feel good moments in mortgage right now. But there's still wins you can talk about. There's still things we can talk about. And then yeah. you could just talk about general positivity, about just general life. Like, it's not hard to create content that has a positive undertone. You're going to attract a hell of a lot more people with honey than vinegar. So get the negativity out because nobody wants to be around negative people. And the people that do want to be around it are the exact opposite of who you want to do business with. Totally. 
And for the love of God, please don't try to capitalize on the negativity. That one is just, when I see that, I just want to. Okay, so I am going to cut Andrew off here, everybody, because he and I could do this, and we have for, uh, well, a lot longer than our 30-minute episode usually mm-hmm. provides. Oh, yeah, easily. The, I <laughs> Could you even put a figure on how much time you and I have spent talking about shit like this? We, we could go for days. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so Jen, take us home before Andrew and I can... Andrew and I are going to step off our soapboxes here so that we can let you talk. That's okay. I'm, I'm used to it. This is, I think, Andrew's fourth time on the show. Is that, I, think so. I think it's the fourth. Yeah. Right. And that's um, rare. Yeah. That's like Andrew and the librarian. Yeah, okay. our favorite librarian. Look me again. Let's go. Cool. <laughs> Um, well, to everybody else, thank you so much for watching or listening. If you want to find out more about Just the Tips Coaching, you can text TIPS to 63566. That will get you literally everything you could want to know. Links for the podcast, past episodes of the show, our weekly little tip. You can book one-on-one coaching with us, and you get copies of Adam's books, plural. Um, it's been just about a month since Adam's second book came out. I believe it was uh, the day before Halloween. So all of that by texting tips wow. to 63566. Wow. Well, thank you. And thank you, Andrew. And yes, we'll have Jen put you right back on the books. And uh, I know it. that uh, there is uh, the occasional opportunity because we've done it before where if uh, we have a late cancellation that we can always uh, count on you to come in and give our audience some feedback on all these kinds of things. So for the rest of you, watching or listening live or in syndication. Thank you for tuning in. You can catch episodes of How I Met Your Mortgage at 1030 Mountain Time on Mondays, most Mondays. This is episode 40. We probably run about 45 episodes. Well, I don't know if we're going to hit 45 I think we'll have 42, 43 this All year. All right, so 40 so. or 45. And yes, uh, Jen uh, mentioned that you guys can catch all of the other content that we have out there by using that text code. Other than that, thank you for tuning in. Andrew, thank you. I do love talking to you, whether we're talking to all these other people or whether it's real private, just you and me. And we will see you guys next time. Love y'all. See you.